I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the Randomly Generated History Club, where three non-historians pick a year at random and try to learn things about it. I'm Ant, and I'm here with my two friends, Will and Anna. Hi. Hi. Unnecessary pauses, but we'll (laughs) take it. Uh, So this week, we're talking about the year 261. Oof. Yep. Uh, And we're doing things a little bit differently this time. Simply because not a lot has happened and it's all centred around the same sort of series of events. And so we're effectively looking at the same set of events and the sort of same Mm. dynastic struggles through different lenses Mm -hmm. with different hot takes on them. And I... Uh, the one question I get a lot is, do we coordinate our bits ahead of time? Mm. And usually we we really don't. No. We'll, we'll mention a sort of one word, one line thing about what each of us is covering so we don't overlap. Yeah. But today there needed to be a little more stitching than normal. And I absolutely refuse any kind of coordination <laughs> at all. Much to the annoyance of you two. Yeah. I actually didn't know that we were coordinating until today. Yeah. <laughs> so I completely passed over. I didn't read the text messages that you said what you're covering. And I just plowed on. So I'm going to reinforce some things that are being said today. Yeah. And to be clear, many podcasts would choose to do things in the way we're doing them in this this episode. <laughs> as, because it probably will work quite well. Yeah. As in ta- examining different aspects of the same thing. But oh, yeah. so I don't think this is a negative thing. This is just an interesting thing yeah. that's happening yeah. that we might do for earlier years, I guess. And you know time. whose fault it is? Mm. 261. Right. No, it's so boring. I boring. think it's the random number generator's fault. Shut oh, up. my God. I mean, sorry, it is faultless, blameless, glory be, hail to the almighty RNG. Okay, good. The ra- red laser dot on your forehead Oof. has disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Will, do you want to start us off with three words? Yes, I do. My three words are persecutor. Taken captive. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it sounded like there was something else Good. after that, but there can't be because that was three words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My three words are empress, icon, assassin. 
And my three words are more than one empire. Than one empire. Oh, shit. Also, more shit. than three words. Shit. Wow, oh, I'm so bad at this. That's two okay, strikes. Okay, okay, for okay. You, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on two strikes. Um, more <laughs> empire now. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Oh God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I think that's your first strike. <laughs> I think it is. I think we're on a strike each now. Yeah, we're on a strike each. Um, when we get three strikes. Have we established yet mm. what happens? Because, of course, there's the traditional defenestration yes. yeah. that we typically would undertake. But none of us really strikes. have the time to go to Prague right now. We can't go to Prague. <laughs> we don't know where the window is, so that's not an option. <laughs> do we have a backup? Oh, I have windows. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do have windows. Okay, great. Cool. All right. Uh, Will, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, no worries. We'll just breeze straight past this lethal decision we've just made. <laughs> Being your friend, Will, means breezing past a lot of your lethal decisions. (laughs) No one's forcing you to be here. (laughs) (laughs) He has a gun to my head. Okay, so this week I'm going to talk about the Roman Emperor Valerian, who was a controversial fellow. Mm. And I'm going to talk about what happened to him eventually, in the uh, Battle of Edessa and after the Battle of Edessa. And Valerian ruled Rome for about seven years, from 253 to 260. And unlike a lot of Roman emperors at the time, Valerian was from a noble family, and that family had a bit of a tradition for serving as senators. So it's a bit like being a Bush, I guess, or a Kennedy in the US uh, in the current decades yeah maybe that's a couple of decades old as wait an example. sorry you said unlike most sen- most emperors yeah interestingly so this was a historical period for the romans when a whole chain a whole series of their emperors came from backgrounds which had nothing really to do with the ruling classes because they were just that they they were very frequently rebel leaders hmm. and people who had okay. led uprisings against, okay. against cool. and, and those are the people who ended up being emperors. So for him, he came from what three or three hundred years or four hundred years before would have been a fairly traditional background for somebody okay. who ended up as consul mm. or leader of, of of Rome, which is to say the, uh, 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 the aristocracy basically, that the ruling makes sense. class. Okay, and he had spent time before he was uh, emperor as consul, which is a very senior position in the Roman state, and before his rise to power, uh, he was working for and working very very closely with his predecessor and his pre that previous emperor had failed then to put down a revolt against him by the military and valerian uh, who was at this time by by this time already in charge of roman army himself arrived to try to support his predecessor who he was very closely allied to but really arrived too late the military overthrew the emperor and uh, which is really, really bad. But on the plus side, Valerian himself found himself being proclaimed by the military as the new emperor. So the military so, had a problem with the old guy, but didn't have a problem with the old guy's best friend. Yeah, that's exactly ah, it. Okay. Yeah. And clearly there's a whole load more politics to that. But we're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> did he also win because he invented some sort of very strong type of steel? Careful. <laughs> Careful. Okay, okay, just moving on. Just, just, just seeing if I could get you to say the words. Last week, we went the entire episode without even getting close to the words. To the, to the words that should not be named. Yeah. This is dangerous territory here. Okay, so moving on away from popular television programs about power. 
<laughs> seats of power uh, so all of that's very very lovely and by the way in, in my time in the army i was internally hoping to be proclaimed emperor most of the time <laughs> and, <laughs> and generally that didn't happen yeah and um so his his, his reign was pretty remarkable not least for his extreme persecution of roman christians but it's probably best known for what happened at Edessa. So Edessa is in modern-day Urfa or uh, Shanlurfa in modern-day Turkey. I hope I've got the pronunciation right. I think that's about right, Shanlurfa. And this place is quite close to the Syrian border. So it's sort of uh, in south, southeast Tur- Turkey, uh, east of Gaziantep. And in, uh, but at the time, it was in Roman Syria. The Roman province of Syria. And Valerian had to spend a lot of time in this area dealing with attacks by the Sassanids to the east uh, and the Persians. And so he had, uh, and indeed only a couple of years before, in 257, he had to go there to retake Antioch, uh, which was a prized Roman uh, possession at the time. And in 259, he then moved on to uh, Edessa. But when he arrived there, there was a big outbreak of plague, which was kind of disastrous because it killed a bunch of legionaries, as plague can do. And <laughs> From time to time. <laughs> from time to time. And that weakened the Roman position. And then the, the, the enemy, the Persians, then saw that there was an opportunity and then besieged the town to take advantage of the, of the time of weakness. And then in 260, probably in June or the summer of that year, Valerian was then decisively defeated at the Battle of Edessa, which you will thank me Mm -hmm. for this. I am not going to go into the details of. (laughs) Wow, you've grown so much. You're more interested in politics than warfare. This is bizarre. Yeah. And um, he was really unusually for a Roman emperor and uh, as a sign of, in my opinion, terrible incompetence, (laughs) allowed himself to be taken prisoner at this battle Mm. and then remained a prisoner for the rest of his life. And his capture was obviously a tremendous embarrassment and defeat for the Romans. And in terms of pure military analysis, Mm -hmm. it can be described, I think, as a complete shit show. (laughs) And they (laughs) basically lost their entire army Valerian was taken prisoner, first ever Roman prisoner to be taken, uh, first ever emperor to be taken as, as a prisoner. Incredibly embarrassing. And prior to his death, he was then subjected to appalling, outrageously appalling uh, humiliations mm. by his captors, which yeah. pretty grim. Sorry, who captured him? Persian. Okay, I, that's, <laughs> that's what I thought, but then I just blacked out for It'd a be even more embarrassing if he was captured by someone he wasn't fighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, I mean, that would be the most embarrassing. Yeah, it wasn't self-captured. It was, it was, he was, yeah, captured by, by Chapeur, was ah, the, okay. the guy, his captor. Yes. So this is where our, uh, our research overlaps because Good. he was uh, subjected to being a footstool. Oh. He was kept in a cage. He was trotted out, etc. Wow. Yeah. And then after being treated in that way, which is pretty embarrassing for mm. an emperor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, he, he was then uh, made to swallow molten gold, uh, which Ooh. is uh, pretty awful. And then Shepard had him skinned. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's one of these things that's awful, but it's far, it's so, it's long ago now, enough now that you yeah. can kind of slightly laugh at just how appalling the whole thing is. Yeah. But he then had his skin stuffed with straw and preserved as a trophy in one of the main Persian temples. Oh my God. Yeah, but there's, Brutal. Re- there's an interesting fact about this. Some scholars think that this might be Christian propaganda. So after the fact, 
Christian scholars said, oh, look at the savagery of, you know, the, the, the East, you know, look what they have done. You know, you can't trust them, never mm. surrender to them, etc. So potentially it's all actually made up. And so there's there's sort of back and forths about the record of, of, of is this actually true? You know, some records from the time say that he, he lived out his days happily and like, you know, in, in prison. He chose to be a footstool. Uh, well, he, he, was in, <laughs> he was imprisoned, but, you know, he wasn't wasn't humiliated and tortured. Well, they're suggesting that he lived out his days happily as a footstool like in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and he, he was transformed I, I, into a singing footstool. You know, I'm just saying there's lots of uh, conflicting historical records. He may have been magically transformed. We'll never know. I'm just saying mm. it's weird that he was transformed into a footstool by the Persians and not the Ottomans. Ooh, <laughs> uh, and he wasn't transformed into a rug instead. Ah! <laughs> I'm so sorry, yeah, everyone. No, <laughs> don't be sorry. That's that's funny stuff. That's great. <laughs> we got the seal of approval. Oh wow, it's great stuff. So, I and I don't want to be to finish off here. I don't want to be controversial yeah. about the guy, but I think it's uh, in in my in my opinion, it ended pretty badly for him. <laughs> I think so too. Ooh, I mean, ooh, hot take. Are hot you going to back that up? <laughs> Need some citation. Well, right. it depends. If you, it, it, it depends on which school of history you subscribe to here. So if you're on the if you're on the Disney side and um, and you very much think he's been put under a spell, yeah. uh, but then actually quite kind of taken to the idea of being a footstool, yeah. then of course, like actually, he, that was maybe his calling. Well, for my part, again, this overlaps, but I want to focus a little bit on the Persian side and a little bit of the aftermath of this this battle. So at this time, Rome was obviously at war with the Persian Empire. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Which we've covered, I know. (laughs) But I want you to know that the Persian Empire is pretty much a catch-all for a huge period of time in the sort of Iranian, Mesopotamian sort of area of the world. And that there was... um, you know, it's like this conflation, it's a very Western view of, of history, like this, this Persian empire, this continuous thing. Mm. So there's, it spanned, you know, from 550 BC or even before that. So the Achaemenian empire, then the Hellenistic, then the Parthian and the Sassanian. Sassanian? Sassanian. Sassanian, which is what we're talking about now. And then onto the Arabs and the Iranians, Suljuks, Mongols, Timurids, Ottomans, Safavids. Safavids! Afghans, N- Nadarshad, Zand, Qajar. Pavali. So just saying that like the Persian Empire is a little bit of a myth in a way, that there are mm. several empires that, you know, largely did encapsulate the same sort of areas of land back and forth, you know, massive changes and peaks and troughs. But the Sassanian Empire is a period of time which is about 400 years. Um, and they stretch from the Indus Valley in the east, to the Balkans and ancient Egypt, huge swaths of land. And the reason why they were so successful in this specific period was not just because they had an impressive, massive and professional army, as opposed to conscripts and just sort of people gathered in times of emergency to fight. Mm. These were full-time professional soldiers with massive areas of campaigning, continuously campaigning. They also uh, employed often quite exotic techniques for a lot of the people they encountered. So lots of war at range. So they had lots of archers and not just spearmen, pikemen and and getting up close. Um, But they're quite mobile. And they had various permutations of ranged weapons, like ultra long range weapons for the time, like catapults, etc. I love that that is described as exotic means of fighting. Well, I thought you meant like they sent a bunch of belly dancers out. They, they, <laughs> like they, they, a lot of veils and shawls. There was a lot of veils, shawls yeah. and uh, interesting yeah, yeah, music. Um, no, 
<laughs> they uh, also had a, a, a large navy, which they employed to go up and down the Mediterranean. And importantly, mm. they were actually able to hold on to power because what they provided for the civilians in the area, um, which gathered loyalty over the decades, uh, was a centralised administration. Uh, they focused on infrastructure, mm. roads and a postal system. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's how you keep the civilians happy, is it, with the post. It, honestly, it is, because that opens up trade, yeah. opens up communication, so you mm. can dialogue with people across the empire readily, and you can actually have good trade relationships. So... Uh, much like the EU, let's say, you know, the, the basis behind this is more trade, more open relationships, etc. is going to have stable society. And that's been working great for UK and the EU. Yep. Um, no, <laughs> no problems. Ten no out problems of ten? at all. No, ten no. out of ten. Careful. Nothing controversial <laughs> gone on there Careful. at all. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, they don't teach you about this in Game of Thrones. Oh, no. Ah! Oh, no. No. I said it. Um so the Persians, they, they peaked and troughed over this time and were sort of in the sort of waning period and a bit expansionary as well at the same time, so stretching themselves thin. Okay. Um, and they were in control of Iran and they were ruled by this emperor Shapur, which we discussed. And the series of conflicts with the Romans have been going on for years and years and years, tens if not hundreds of years, and will continue. And Largely, it's a kind of a stalemate. The borders remained effectively the same. There's back and forth, and it's just a very wasteful, expensive, expensive mess. In, in fact, the reason the Sassanians came into power is because their predecessors, um, the Parthians, actually effectively bankrupt themselves and lost control because of the constant warring with the Romans, mm. and the Sassanians, you know, learned nothing from this and continued doing this. Um, <laughs> So, as we discussed, the Battle of Edessa occurred, uh, the humiliation of Valerian, um, and uh, you, you know the history books are a little bit shaky about this, hence why the sort of back and forth of, of did this happen to Valerian or not. Um, but they reckon that it could have been through betrayal that he was caught. Uh, so, like, said, oh, yes, we're, I'm going to negotiate the truce, and then you can go home. And then they said, nah, jokes, take him. Classic. Um, wow. And it is regarded as the worst military, military disaster of all time, which is pretty high stakes. Wow, wait, hang on. The, of it, all it, time? Of all time. It is regarded as the worst military disaster of all time. By who? By anyone who has an emperor that hasn't been caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess catching the em emperor is... Never happened. Suboptimal. Unless, I guess, um, Napoleon, I guess, was yeah. caught after the fact. Not during a battle, right? Yeah, but yeah. that did have some political consequences for no France. it didn't <laughs> not at all he was fine he just got a holiday to Ibiza or wherever he went some <laughs> island somewhere anyway um so uh, after this Shapur was you know invigorated and has, has <laughs> well, we, we, we none of us covered him last week in the end did we who Napoleon no no. So, so we don't know what happened. We actually don't know. We'll have That's to go true. back to it. Yeah. Well, uh, as we've discussed before, history doesn't actually happen until, <laughs> until we, we discuss get it, it in the year. Yeah. In the, in, with the RNG. So Shapur had his sights on Sicilia now, which is a beautiful, historically significant town uh, in the southern Anatolian area of modern day Turkey. Uh, Mediterranean. It had you know mm. luscious flatlands and mountains, great lots spas, of spas, great beaches, great beaches, but great port town and very defensible positions in the mountains. So you could capture the port, but it could be recaptured again. And it's actually where um, pirates previously in like the year 50, 100 to 50 BCE, pirates used to ensconce themselves there and eventually drummed out by the Romans. Hmm. Um, but he had his sights on this because it was a bit of a jewel of trade and center point. And it's actually the place where people think that Christianity began. Actually, they think that Christianity began there as a sort of a structured form of religion. Uh, it's very hazy. Oh, um, okay. You mean as it, when like the the 
the religion of it started. The religion of Christianity. Not like not, it's an alternate, the manger was in Turkey, Yeah, the manger, yeah. Exactly. In, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, it was not that. Gotcha. Um, but uh, he went and attacked it, and, you know, with his navy and his exotic dancers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, what occurred was called the ravaging of Shapur. Ooh. Or, uh, ravaging of, oh, sorry, uh, Sicilia by Shapur. Um on his way back from there, having getting, you know, withdrawing tactically in order to regroup and take his spoils and stuff. Um, this was then uh, a counterattack was uh, launched by a chap called Callistus, who had a nickname of the Ballista, Ooh. which is pretty cool. Um, why? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you can guess why um, he might be called the Ballista. Well, hang on, because, I mean, obviously, ballistics, weapons, whatever. Yeah. Did that come from him oh that would be a great fact if that was known (laughs) but it's not so we don't know we don't know why it's called blister but the blister was like then a type of weapon wasn't it yeah 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 exactly so potentially he had some patent you know he 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 was one of those famous roman emperor or uh general slash inventors (laughs) yeah so callistus um came with two others odonathus am i saying that right yeah and Maracanus, Maracanus. Um, so the three of them, in various pincer maneuvers, uh, maneuvers, navy, land, maybe not air at this stage, um, <laughs> <laughs> were able to actually uh, take down the overextended uh, Persians and just kind of uh, just gobble them up. Really, you know, as open square formations or you know, fill in the blanks here. Will is great, great war stuff. I'm not going to please go into don't it. fill in the blanks. Will, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, not to go too further spoilers for, because I think, Annie, you've got more on this. I do. But the defeat and subsequent shenanigans of succession leads to revolts and a temporary fragmentation of the Roman emperor. Indeed. Empire. We do that every time. Every time. I know. I don't know what it is. I confuse but we, emperor the, and the empire. The two of us specifically keep... Oh, yeah. my God. Can we I just know. say emp for short? <laughs> yeah, and you can fill in the rest the Roman emp. Yeah. Yeah. It's either the person in charge or the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank you, Ant. I'm going to just pick up straight from there um, with one quick thing that... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That neither of you mentioned, which is that this period of Roman history is called the crisis of the third century, which ironically also describes how I felt doing the research for today. Uh, It's so dense. There's so much going on. It is. There's so much. It's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. It's like, this is the epicenter. I mean, certainly things were happening elsewhere in the world. It's just 
poorly preserved. Yes. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to talk about the Romans yeah, in 261. Yeah. Um, so, yes, as Ant mentioned, Odonathus is uh, this guy who had teamed up to fight Shapur. Um, he is an Arab Aramean nobleman in Palmyra. Palmyra is in present-day Syria. Um, uh, but his family had been granted Roman citizenship a few generations back. And he has attained this pretty elevated status in the city. And he plays this incredible game where he simultaneously takes advantage of the weakness in the eastern provinces by, you know, mm. teaming up to attack the Persians, but also remaining loyal to Rome, but also proclaiming himself king of Palmyra, attacking the Persians, backing the legitimate Roman emperor against a possible usurper, quelling a rebellion in Syria. Like he's doing all of the right things so everybody likes him yeah he's and playing the game yeah he's playing he's playing a blinder he's playing a certain game <laughs> very well he's playing a game of wars <laughs> um, and so i think because of this popularity the emperor basically just has to go along with it and say like all right yeah sure you're king of palmyra now that's fine um <laughs> and all of this is ha happening in 260 and 261 um so i appease the rng which is good because the story really heats up after that uh, <laughs> here we go old uh so he capitalizes all of on all of this momentum by really pressing the advantage in the eastern provinces of rome he takes the fight again to the persians he gains some territory he proclaims himself king of kings or shah and shah Ooh. which is a very typical um Iranian specifically epithet uh, that has special meaning there. So by him taking the the title, he's essentially claiming way more legitimacy in, in with the Persians than he actually had. Mm. But it's it's sort of a power move. But he was such a popular like, cool dude. Yeah, they just everyone's like, yeah, that guy's great. Um, so at some point he's in control of the Levant, parts of Mesopotamia, parts of Turkey. He crowns his son as co-king, um, and the Roman emperor is still just like going along with it, even though at this point Odonathus is really becoming independent of Rome. Hmm. Uh, then in 267, Odonathus and his son assassinated. Oh. Boff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Who Never did happens it? in history. Who, Who did, it? did it? Who did it? Who do you think? Uh, typically with Roman emperors, I believe it's the Praetorian Guard. Okay. I'm going to say that it was probably mm, someone from the Persian Empire. Okay. So we've got the Romans or the Persians. Yeah. The answer is... No one knows. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I, I, I love these. Yeah. Yeah. C, none of the above. So the theories, the most popular theories are, one, he was killed by an assassin of unknown allegiance, but whose name was also Odonathus, um, which that seems to me like somebody just wrote the history wrong. Yeah, and then yeah. It, sort of it seems spiraled. like a typo. They yeah. confused the noun and the verb yeah, or the exactly. subject of the sentence Yeah, that was killed or killed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, theory number two, he was killed by conspirators, possibly a nephew, mm. at a friend's birthday party, Ugh. which is just the That's worst. Bad. Yeah. I hate when that happens at the birthdays I go to. I know. I don't go to parties anymore. Also, the top, assume... the top two theories are, one, he was assassinated by an assassin of unknown legions, yeah. and two, it was done via conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, those are very safe bets to be made. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... the the. 
there's so much that's unknown about everything I'm about to say. <laughs> so the third theory is that he was killed by his cousin, a man named Maonius. And the fourth theory is that Maonius conspired <gasps> with Odonathus's and wife. Oh, come on. No one knows, do they? This is no. ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, There's I, so many theories. I did tell you that no one knows. Right. That's literally how I started okay, this fine. bit. So um, possibly conspired with Odonathus's wife, Zenobia, allegedly because the son who was co-king with Odonathus was his son from his first marriage oh. to a woman who is unnamed in history. Classic. There is a fifth uh, theory, isn't there, about the seagulls that potentially conspired <laughs> together to peck him to death? Isn't there? I believe yeah. the seagull conspiracy uh-huh. is quite a well-formed conspiracy. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's his fault for having chips in his pocket. He had chips in, in his pocket. That's why Maonius was there, because he wanted to get the chips. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He was asking Maonius. for the chips. Yeah, it was a great condiment wars. And in a mess of swooping and beaks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is where the aerial uh, combat came into. This is the pincer maneuver from land, sea, and yeah, exactly. That was the third force that we were the third domain. Any more spurious facts for us? There's a six. There's a (laughs) six. No, no, no no more. No more veto. (laughs) I actually have. I actually have so much more to talk about. This is this is but a footnote. So the important person to think about in this situation is Zenobia, and so Zenobia, very cool name. Definitely his queen, definitely had children of her own, theorized to be the assassin or to have conspired with the assassin. It turns out that's probably not true, especially because the theory most people put forward as to why she would do that is that she was mad that Odonathus was remaining so Mm pro-Roman and she wanted to do her own thing. And at least for the first few years of what becomes her reign, she sticks to this very pro-Roman thing. So it's sort of like, what were her motivations? Um, But what we know for sure did happen is that she essentially inherited the throne. And technically, her son takes it, but he's he's a child, he's 10 or 11 or something. So she's ruling as regent and is the de facto power. Um, the Palmyrene kingdom at this point is, is pretty large and, um, and, and she is ruling over it. Um, Zenobia is pretty awesome. If you've got your randomly generated history club bingo cards at home, uh, get them out because I'm about (laughs) to be really excited about scholarship. Um, Zenobia loves scholars. She creates, she cultivates this court of intellectuals. She protects religious minorities. She doesn't try to shoehorn all the Palmyrene subjects into one particular religion, which is important because in the amount of territory they're covering, there's just loads of different religions and beliefs. Uh, She loves intellectual curiosity. Mm -hmm. So I, in turn, love her. I'm guessing she lasts like three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Slightly longer than that, but not much. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing about Zenobia is that she was super ambitious. She didn't just sort of meekly rule until her son came of age. She really took charge. She kind of kept things ticking over in the kingdom for the first few years, but then she really starts pushing the boundaries. She's quite expansionist. Uh, She starts by fortifying a bunch of settlements along the Euphrates that safeguard safeguard the borders with Persia. And then uh, when the Roman emperor is distracted up in the Balkans in 270, she sacks uh, the city of Bostra, possibly Petra as well. Soon she's got her sights set on Egypt, Mm. um, partly because of the trade routes. Possibly, this is another thing that historians don't agree about, but it's possible that she was descended from Cleopatra. I think it probably 
she wasn't, but it was a way for later historians to sort of explain why she would have been so interested mm, in Egypt. Mm. Um, and she conquers Egypt pretty easily. Um, and all, all along, she's like inching towards proclaiming herself some sort of empress. She's dropping little hints. She's starting to use titles that the Roman emperor would use. What hints would they be? It's like, oh, I've got a friend that could be empress. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know. Did you hear about this girl over in Egypt? Yeah, She's yeah. a real empress. Playing hangman. It's like, why does it keep saying empress? You know? It's actually way less interesting than that. It's like she started calling herself the pious, which is a thing that the Roman emperor would do. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, less fun. Zenobia the pious. Yeah, exactly. But by 272, all of the hints are gone and she's just straight up minting coins that refer to herself as Augusta and her son as Augustus. So mm. really taking those titles um, and proclaiming herself the the empress of the Palmyrene Empire, which, of course, is a clean break from the Romans. They mm. can't abide this. Um, and so Emperor Aurelian at the time starts marshalling troops against her and unfortunately it's not a tough fight for the romans most of the provinces fall pretty quickly because they haven't ever really switched their allegiance um once he gets into syria which is the palmyrene high uh, heartland it's a little bit of a different story they they put up a pretty good fight um she spreads the rumor that they captured Aurelian. She even has her general find a man who resembles him <laughs> and no. parades him through the streets. The guy with like a fake glasses yeah, and mustache. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that's him. They wrap him in a sheet that looks like yeah, a toga, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, so there's... Like, say one Latin word. And he's like, <laughs> It's like, well, okay. <laughs> it must be him. So that's two emperors now that have been humiliated. Just sad for the Romans. Um, but... Uh, then they almost win this big battle, but they get so caught up in the thrill of victory that they break their lines and the Romans are able to come around behind and attack their flanks. And, you know, it's, it's pretty grim. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, she escapes the city. They've got, like, they've got her surrounded. They've got her besieged in, I think, Palmyra itself. She escapes the city on a camel, which is going to... Mm fly over the sands faster than any horse uh and she's <laughs> she's I'm sure that's how camels work <laughs> yeah fine. Yep. it is they can really boogie um <laughs> she's going to persia because she's going to try to just like throw her lot in with the persians who she had previously been fighting against because she at this point just really wants to retain her her power mm. she knows the persians are the only ones who can kind of defeat the romans but uh, Aurelian gets her before she can make it there. And Aww. thus endeth the Palmyrene Empire. So they killed her? N well, no. In, in yet another, I feel like anytime I talk about a woman on this podcast, no one knows what happened yeah. to her in the uh, end. Right. The most, um, the consensus is that Aurelian took her to Rome and then he publicly humiliated her a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. But then he gave her and her kids a pretty sweet villa by okay. Hadrian's villa. And she remarried either a nobleman or a Roman senator. There's a little disagreement there. And then her house became a tourist attraction. Oh. Like, while she lived there. Oh. 
you okay. know, like uh, like um like a national trust. Yeah, or you know, like <laughs> the Hollywood stars tour, <laughs> like the open the open air bus. It's like, and here is the house of Zenobia. That, that's <laughs> marginally better than of... being skinned and then stuffed and put on display. Yeah, yeah, yeah marginally. Or, or any sort say. of like footstool transmogrification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the other theory about what happened to her is that she was turned into a teapot. <laughs> yeah. And she lived with her son who had turned into a teacup. But she way, sang catchy tunes that uh, echo through the ages. R.I.P. Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah, um, one final note on Zenobia is that her legacy remains incredibly strong to this day. I mean, she's seen as a freedom fighter, a fierce queen, a, a romantic heroine. Um, people project whatever they want on her. But specifically in Syria, she's a national symbol. She has a kind of a cult following there, um, especially among Syrian nationalists. She's on banknotes, and she even had an extremely popular TV series made about her. Like Xena. Like Xena. Is, is it Xena? <laughs> it's, it's Zenobia, warrior princess. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that is the kind of conclusion of the story that the three of us have told you, hmm. which started in great crisis for the Romans and then ends with them really... Getting back in power. Get, getting back what they, what they lost. That was surprisingly coherent. I know. I do have one question. Yeah. Mm. Will, what was the sixth uh, conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> well... There are a number of them that weren't <laughs> mentioned. The sixth one, of course, is the Great Otter Conspiracy. Otter? Otter. Otter, otter. Okay. Otter Conspiracy. Exactly Otterman. right. W- were they in league with the seagulls? No, not at all. No, no, no. That's a separate conspiracy. <laughs> so that's conspiracy five is seagulls, right? Okay, conspiracy six. She's an otter. So she was an <laughs> She's an otter. She's been an otter the whole time. Oh, God, that makes so much sense. She's been installed by the otters. She dresses like a human. She acts like a human. Fundamentally, though, otter. It explains all the dams. Yeah. (laughs) She could not stop building dams. That's beavers, people. Is it? Beavers. Oh, shit. Are beavers and otters not the same thing? No. Conspiracy seven beavers and otters are the same thing. (laughs) Have you ever seen a beaver and otter in the same place at the same time? Exactly. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I hadn't considered Got that. Got you there. <laughs> we should probably just end it here. <laughs> okay. I guess yes. that's the year 261 plus. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, that's everything you'd ever want or need to know about the year uh, 261. If you have questions, comments, you just want to chat, or very specifically, if you can confirm that otters and beavers are different <laughs> things. Different things. They're, they're not. I can't be dissuaded. Um, <laughs> please find us on Twitter. You can go to our website, randomlygeneratedhistory.com. It's got a link to all our socials and stuff. Um, also, please do like and subscribe. Uh, leave a little rating and a comment on it. We, we do enjoy reading them. Email us in and tell your friends. Indeed. Um, and once you've told your friends, you can <laughs> tell them what comes next, which is that we boot up the random number generator and it chooses our next year. That's absolutely right. And the random number generator is booting up now. It's paddling into existence. <laughs> That's what, it gets off the trolley, then paddles to the chain around your neck. We're establishing the it cannon. Has, has, it has land paddles. <laughs> and... It's paddling over. And the next year is... Oh, there's there's something interesting going on with the random number generator. It appears to have generated a ticker tape. Oh, <laughs> oh that's it's new. Printing. And upon... 
Is it sick? A ticker tape is being printed out, and upon the tape, it reads... It appears that a board member has asserted their right to hijack the random number generator. So this is a first for us. Uh, I don't think any of us were aware there was a ticker tape generation. (laughs) No, we didn't know there was paddles until today. (laughs) All add paddles on the random number generator. But it appears that Patrick... Ah, the noble Patrick. First of his name. Noble Patrick, first of his name, who is a an esteemed board member, yes. has asserted his rights to hijack the random number generator, and he's chosen the year 1969. <laughs> nice. <laughs> of course he has. For... The reason that it is, in his words, apparently when <laughs> the US landed on the moon. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Alleged- allegedly. Allegedly. And no other reason, I'm sure. So thank you, Patrick. Uh, we will cover that, I guess, next week. And thank you, Random yeah. Number Generator. I guess if you want an opportunity to hijack the Random Number Generator, you can subscribe to our Patreon as a board member and you will thus be gifted this right. That's right. Exactly. Patreon.com forward slash randomly history as well as all the honors and awards that go befitting to you the, the lands <laughs> it's important the lands and the titles the lands, and, lands the titles. and titles yes you will I mean, we shouldn't over we shouldn't overstate the lands and titles mm. we're, able, we're able to bestow it is i'm afraid just derbyshire and norfolk <laughs> yeah, no, nothing of value nothing of value nothing of value there is well, a small 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 one bedroom flat in westminster oh yes and of course the flat we try and yes. use that as a timeshare thing yeah. for when people are visiting in london you know, it's millbank really there's yeah. a miniature <laughs> golf course in tulsa and of course the golf course well. yeah. yeah but apart yeah. from derbyshire norfolk the millbank one bedroom flat and the golf course in tulsa there you are get, really no lands or titles yeah. is it a full golf course there's like a pitch and putt like eight hole like no it's a full 18 it's yeah. full 18 yeah, yeah have you not been I've not, I've not been. No, I've, 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 I'm You've, not yet of the rank that the RNG bestows upon me an expense account. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having to just get the the bus everywhere. Um, yeah, please do, please do support us on Patreon, not least to pay for our very expensive trips to Tulsa <laughs> <laughs> to play golf on this course. Well, I guess we'll find out what happened in 1969 next week. We sure will. Thanks. See Bye. you then. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.